Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Into another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside the UK quarterback, courtesy Tom Leach, giving us that highlight. We got Jalen Whitlow here. My name is Vinny Hardy. Aaron Gershon is not with us this evening, but filling in in the middle slot for Aaron, we got the UK baseball director of player development, Trevor Fitz. Coach Trev, how you doing, man? Appreciate you hopping on here with us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Coming in on the off day, well, like you said before, you know, <laughs> off day in theory. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Still got to get scout reports together. Yeah, seven and one on this early season. You know, we had a couple games at home already, and had decent weather too, right? For February. That's right. Nothing to complain about. Been able to put on short sleeves a couple times. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So. First of all, if you could tell the tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, I know we you Mississippi State, and you know we're just sorry, not sorry. I guess about last <laughs> night. I mean, <laughs> and the women before that too. Sorry. You know. <laughs> yeah. So from originally from Birmingham, Alabama, got uh, lucky enough to play at Mississippi State, then uh, spent a year at South Alabama as the GA. Went to Mississippi State again as the ops guy for baseball. Spent a couple of years at Jacksonville State as the volunteer. Austin P is the pitching coach. And then I went to the Tigers, Detroit Tigers, in their high A. I was a pitching coach for them. And then, you know, played for Coach Minge in Mississippi State, and he brought me here. So it's been great. Been blessed. So, Jalen, you're an Alabama guy, too. I'm a, I might just step on back and let y'all talk talk <laughs> Alabama for a yeah, minute. Montgomery, Alabama's finest. No, I'm just Let's like, go. <laughs> um, where, where'd you go to high school? I went to Pelham High School from Helena, but Helena didn't have a high school at the time, so I went to Pelham. Okay. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, um, yeah I went to Prattville High School. Um, yeah, graduated from Prattville, man. Uh, I originally, you know, like I said, originally from Montgomery, I went to Jeff Davis to start. Yeah. Uh, ended, up, ended up at Prattville, man. I know a lot of people in the, in the um, you know, the Birmingham area. Uh, <laughs> got, got a good friend with the Hoover. Got, you know, family oh, members. Yeah. Uh, they live in Alabaster. Um, I got former teachers from Prattville High School that now teach at Pelham High. Uh, so I, you know, pretty familiar with the area, man. Yeah, it's good, good to have a, another fellow Alabaster. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Now look, man, but both sides of my family came from Alabama to Kentucky. If that, I mean, oh, <laughs> no, that counts, man. <laughs> that counts, counts. Yeah, you in, man? You, you in the game? <laughs> you know, my my dad's dad's from Leeds. So uh, my mom's dad was from Marion down in Perry County. So, mm-hmm. so, so I mean, you know, I've been to Selma. You know, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of family from Selma and still in Selma. Uh, Trevor, when, when Jalen said he went 
and graduated from Prattville High, you went, ooh. So what what kind of ooh was that? What did that hey, mean? that's a that's a big high school. Like a lot of okay. good players and, and a lot of sports from there. So I played with a guy uh he was a catcher and went to Shelton State. So I know about Josh Love Lady. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. yeah, he yeah, we graduated the same year. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he actually played football. He, I transferred there my sophomore year, the very end of the sophomore year, right before spring ball. And he played football, I think, the year before that. Yeah. Uh, and I think he ended up just being a baseball guy. But yeah, he was, you know, everybody everybody <laughs> like Josh, man. Good dude. No question. Good stuff, man. I had to just I'll just step back and let y'all catch up on Bama, man. Sure. <laughs> Is it hold on? Isn't there a, a, a baseball coach named Josh Lovelady somewhere? Yes. Yes. I I want to say he was even at Hoover for a stretch. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Listen, I that part, the, but... It's a college coach whose name, at least he was in college, yeah. whose name was Josh Lovelady. He was a he was maybe I don't know if he was at Mississippi State. I don't think he was. He, went, he was somewhere in the SEC at some point. Yeah, and you know it was always funny because I was like, man, I know somebody named Josh. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah. And Coach Two, you played at Mississippi State, pitcher. Said you got the ball in Game One of the College World Series. Talk talk about that too, man. That's right. I you know I shouldn't have. Let's say yeah. that because. Uh, we had a guy that was hurt at the time named Brandon Woodruff, and he's, you know, all-star in the MLB and stuff like that. So it just – it turned into me because I, you know, was available, and uh, I gave the team a chance to win. Ultimately, they gave the ball to me because uh, there was a guy in the bullpen named Chad Gerardo who was an All-American and was, like, striking out what seemed like every player that stepped up there. And he hadn't started since he was a freshman. So, like, ah, oh, Fitz isn't going to mess the game up. Let's hand him the ball. <laughs> we can give Chad after that. So I was like an opener like they do in the MLB now, and uh, it was a blessing. You know, I'm the uh, – I'm a, a question for the rest of, you know, Mississippi State history. He was the first person to start a national championship in any game, in any sport, and I guess you could say that's me. But, you know, it was a cool experience, and can't ever uh, take for granted pitching in front of 27,000 people. So it was cool. So tell us about your stuff. What was your – tell us, you know, your repertoire <laughs> – Man, I was such an average – I was an average pitcher. I was smart, but that was average. Like, I basically threw, like, 75 80% sliders and curveballs and then mixed fastball in. So, I just tried to place it better than where they could hit it. Yeah. Be tougher than them. <laughs> and I'm the old head on this podcast, as always, but Mississippi State, just, you know, talk about the history there and, and – for. Look, SEC baseball is every bit as tough and competitive as the football. Some people know it, some don't. But the tradition there at you know Mississippi State, you know Will Clark, Palmero, you watch that SEC story about them, and you know, it was we got Kentucky guys with ties. You guys, you and Coach Mins came from Mississippi State, but mm-hmm. Coach Henderson and Coach Cohen left Kentucky and went to Mississippi State. So it's a lot of you know ties between the two schools so just talk about what it was like the tradition there playing there the the atmosphere the stadium the whole the whole vibe yeah. came to y'all. it was it was special for sure um you know my dad went to mississippi state just was a student there and he grew up in mississippi so it's kind of just like I, I don't want to say bread into me but a little bit you know i was just always paying attention to it but um it's crazy how many connections kentucky has in mississippi state like coach madison was ga at mississippi state and then Cohen played there or played at Mississippi State, came here and then went back. And then 
I got to be under Coach Henderson as the ops guy when he took over as the interim for the 18 season. And, and of course, Cousy, our recruiting coordinator, Austin Cousineau, was an All-American Team USA guy at the University of Kentucky, and he was our video GA there. So it's, it's kind of crazy, all the uh, lines that have started. Of course, our other assistant, Nick Amorati, was my catcher at Mississippi State, and he's on staff here. So it's, it's wild, the back and forth. But, you know, all it taught me basically was just like what it what it means to to live up to a legacy, what it means to live up to the history of a program. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do here. Like we've we've got a lot of goals and, you know, Kentucky's never made it to back to back regionals in baseball before. And, and that was wild to me coming here because I was like when I was in school, but Kentucky was legit. Like 2012, they were one game away from winning the conference outright. 2014, they had the Golden Spikes winner in, in uh, A.J. Reed and Kuzi on the same team. And I'm like, you're telling me those teams can go to back-to-back regionals? That's crazy. And then Matt May sent me all the stats from the years he has, and I'm like looking at Kentucky records, and I'm like, you're telling me these teams didn't go to back-to-back regionals? It's like 35 wins, 15 and 15 in the SEC, and don't get in. And I'm like, man, there are some Kentucky teams that has had a lot to gripe about not getting to regionals. So, you know, we're just trying to preach to our guys every day about, about taking care of business, winning those midweeks that matter, winning those non-conference, and then just taking care of SEC play and, and doing something special. So, so and Jalen, jump in anytime. You got a question too? Don't let me. No, no I was just gonna say, I was gonna say, AJ Reed was that dude, man. When I when I was at Kentucky, he was <laughs> he was that guy. Um, you know, he he yeah, he was he he was the guy, man. But no, I just think it's funny, you know, uh, you know. You know, it's always ties between people. Sometimes when you meet people, there's always, if you talk long enough, you know, we don't have to talk very long to find a tie. But if you talk long <laughs> enough, you can find some type of tie between people. But I just think that's always interesting. But my, my thing is, man, uh, when it comes to baseball, and you can enlighten me because I don't, I don't know, but the schedule is always mm. kind of, you know, sticking out to me. Like how, how do – players in college handle the schedule with classes with you know heavy travel schedules i mean you're playing so many games and you know x amount of days how do you guys handle that how do they handle you know staying on their studies at the same time because i always ask that question i remember back when i was a kid every now and they used to show you watch the ncaa basketball tournament they used to show some of the players like doing schoolwork in the (laughs) hotel you know classroom or whatever and I used to always wonder, like, how do baseball players do it, man? Because I, I know how hard it can be, even for a football guy who's not traveling as much. So what do y'all tell those guys? How do y'all, you know, kind of create some balance for them? Yeah, it's, you know, it's just staying on top of it early. Like, uh, Michael Stone, our, he's our guy for academics, and he's on it. He don't mess around. Coach Benjio talks about it all the time. Michael Stone tells a guy that he can't come to practice. It's like, yes, sir, you, you got it. You run the show. We trust you. And that's our guys know that from the jump, so they don't mess around. There's not missing class, and you know if we do have guys that miss class, we we have a six a.m. and they meet us up there at six a.m. They help clean the facility a little bit. A coach meets them up there. We've got some guys that may be doing it tomorrow, so you know there's incentives in there to make sure it happens. But I mean, you know, I think we've had like since Coach Minjun's been here, I think we've made a three in the classroom every single semester. So it's it's a concentrated effort from everybody. It's a standard. It's an understanding and. And with the season, it's just, like I said, starting early and there's an expectation level. Some guys will, instead of taking 18 hours, they'll take 15 or 12 just to make sure they can handle it. But I don't know. It's, it's just what it's just what has to happen. You know, we, yeah. we left on Wednesday the last two weeks. 
to get down there and and we've had dedicated times to make sure our guys get our studies in and and they've been doing a good job so far so so this this culture from the academic standpoint just as much as on the field it sounds like you got to implement it that hey this is this the way it's going to be if you're going to be part of this team you got to got to handle business across the board right no question and and you know it, it can't even start in high school because like we're a sport that has partial scholarships so a lot of times our guys try to pay their extra way with with uh academic money so you know just help getting guys with high gpas or high acts from the jump also helps so that you know for guys that maybe don't have it or need a little more help they don't have to deal with the burden as much but you know it's it's definitely a culture from the jump our guys know what they're getting into when they start here it's it's you know it's uh cat's hours the whole time it's it's eight hours of study hall as a freshman even though you don't think you need it and then next thing you know it's like wow i'm glad i had that because i was not prepared you know so it's it's a culture from top to bottom for sure so i saw you on twitter i think you were like prepping a boston bud or a pork roast or, or something what what are what are all the duties of a, a player development director consist of because that's yeah. you know that's definitely not in between the lines you know nah, you know our our managers are so great um all of them but one of them catch bullpens and the guy that doesn't catch bullpens he runs all the video for us he's cutting it up like so that we can watch the games like two hours after it's over and stuff like that so i just you know i was just sitting there talking to our our guy jeff who's over all of them and he orders everything for us and i was like jeff i really want to cook for the boys i want to get something going for y'all and it's like i think i'm just gonna do a boston butt i'm gonna wake up early on saturday morning and cook one and then i was talking to coach roselle our pitching coach and he's like we need to take them out and i was like well actually i'm cooking for him this week and he's like perfect covering sides and then a uh, former pitcher here logan salo who's our he's one of our grad managers it's like perfect. I'll bring a side too, and the next thing you know, you know we've got a full course meal for those guys on a Saturday morning. But that was just that was just out of appreciation for how hard those guys were washing our clothes and setting up the field and catching bullpens and everything. But uh, director of player development and all that, I'm just trying to stand in the gap. You know, wherever Coach Roselle needs somebody on the pitching side, I try to do that. For Coach Minge, it's it's you know it's starting the scouting report, getting together their projected lineup, so he can just start immediately on defensive positioning stuff. You know, it's just anything they can think of. I've I've been an ops guy, so I try to help Rock out as much as I can because being an ops guy is horrible. Those guys are underappreciated. Anytime something goes wrong, it, it's like, Brock, what, what happened here? Even though it may not even be in his control. So, you know, I, I just try to help everybody where I can. Yeah, so just the jack of all trades, right? <laughs> trying to be, trying to be. <laughs> but, I mean, I – if boiling it down, like the simplest, I basically run the technology side. I run TrackMan, the portable unit for our pitchers. I set it up on the field every day for the hitters so they know how hard they're hitting the ball and how far and the launch angle and hang time and all kinds of fun stuff that most people don't get to see on TV, unfortunately. I still wish yeah. there was like a uh, an analytics broadcast where we just show that stuff for, mm. for what I've turned into a nerd like me so I can see what's actually happening in the game. But, you know, future. Yeah, we got into we got into some of that those analytics with uh saw we had softball coach on here. Coach Lawson uh, on here. Yeah, Coach Lawson on here and we got into some of that stuff. It's amazing how that stuff has grown like in the past five years, but six years, seven years, whatever it's been. Um, you know, I'm sure it's cool for the players to see that stuff. It's kind of like football, man. We used to get the um the catapult 
system. Yes. Yeah. And it was always cool after the workout to see, you know, who ran the longest distance after practice or workout, who had the the most uh, explosiveness or who was able to reach top speed the fastest or who was able to reach the highest speed, you know, yeah. whatever that may be. So uh, I'm sure those guys definitely enjoy that, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you know, it's a game and everybody want to kind of see <laughs> – how do they stack up against? Because you get the guys' numbers from majors, and they want to see how they stack up against such and such. So uh, that that's always cool. I always enjoyed that part of. It. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's definitely fun, and uh, I wish that NCAA would allow us to have that the TrackMan information in game. Because you know we want to know we want to know if our hitters are making good decisions in the strike zone. We want to know mm-hmm. if our pitcher stuff is holding up, or whether it's time to to make a move. But we can't have that in the dugout yet. Hopefully they'll make it. Hopefully they'll let us do that soon. Cause you know, I know not everybody has it, but if they made a rule where it's like, all right, if you have track man or something, both teams just have to go to use it at that place. I feel like, I feel like the majority of the NCAA baseball schools be like, yeah, that's, that's good enough for us. As long as we both can have access to the dashboard, but you know, our guys, we use it every day. We use it every day and technology is only getting crazier. We've got a machine now that, we can basically plug in any opposing pitcher that we want and it'll feed the pitches. So like <laughs> Nick Amorati, our hitting coach, he'll sit in there and he's like designing that the Friday night guy for our guys to hit off of on Wednesday, wow. Thursday, and Friday leaning into it. It's, it's a crazy, crazy landscape we are in. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. We had, we were talking with coach Lawson too about the, you know, about the go route. Cause she was talking about how, mm-hmm. She said I, she had been putting the pitches in wrong, and and they were they were looking at her like what? I said. So you were I said you weren't even pitching backwards. You're like pitching upside down. She's like, yeah. And so are you guys doing that as well and and using that? Kind of- oh yeah, we've got go route, and we're probably using it a little bit different from them. We're just using it with a runner on second or for night signs. Coach Rozelle yeah. is going. I say old school because it's been around for like five years. But he's going with the walkie. <laughs> He's going with the walkie-talkie to the catcher. Otherwise, it just helps mm. us run a little bit faster. Catcher puts down his sign, pitcher goes. And then uh, with runners on second, instead of worrying about some sign system, we're using the go route, and it's it's been pretty easy so far. Mm, that's all right. Um, so the other day, UK Baseball account tweets out, in, you know, sitting with the chest, the best middle infield in the country with Grant Smith and Pete Ray. What is it about the two of them that, what do they bring to the table for you all to feel that way? And or and we, of course, are happy about that too. But what what's so special about the two of them as middle infielders? Yeah, I think it's both the fact that both of them are shortstops. I mean, Petrie plays second base for us, but he could easily be our shortstop. Hmm. It's the chemistry they have together, the trust. <clears throat> They're there for each other every single time. You know, Grant's diving up the middle and Petrie's right there to to catch the ball off the flip and turn it over play. It's they're always together. They're, they were in the in Kuzi's office today, hanging out together. It's it's really just the chemistry and, and having each other's backs constantly. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and let's see too. <clears throat> when you you know coming off the five nothing win yesterday over Western, uh, you mentioned those those midweeks, and is it hard not to look at it as? Whew, this is a break when you look at how tough it is on the weekends. But then, you know, they're like throwing their ace trying to beat you, and you're not throwing your ace. You know, you're saving your better horses <laughs> for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So how is it 
how difficult is it to kind of maintain that intensity when you sometimes maybe going into it with one hand behind your back because you're saving up and they're going all in. You know, it's one of those things where uh, if you want to host, you just got to take care of it because for RPI purposes, those matter. And you can't take a grain for granted because, like you said, they're coming in there ready to beat us because, you know, their social media will go crazy, whether it's <laughs> <laughs> whether it's WKU, EKU, Moorhead, you know, anybody. When they beat SEC schools, it's a big deal. You know, when mm-hmm. I was at Austin P, they beat Vandy the, a couple years before them. And those guys still talked about that win like three years later. So, like, it's like, okay, like – the challenge that uh, that we give our guys for those games is we have to be more, more excited than they are. If mm. we show up more excited than they are, then we're in a good we're in a good place. So, what was cool about yesterday is we had I think eight pitchers and six of them it was their first or second outing for UK. Oh. So <laughs> so it was pretty cool to see them get out there and, and have success. And um, you know, Coach Roselle does a good job of putting those guys in a good position to have success. So it's just uh, for them to execute at that point. Yeah, and you mentioned the more. Oh, go ahead, Jalen. No, you got, you got, you got. You mentioned uh, Moorhead. You know, home opener. You know, midweek again. To me, look, I'm I'm not as in depth and nerdy as you, but it, it seemed <laughs> like it was one of those one of those games where nothing was going right, and the harder y'all tried, it's like air, <laughs> like there were errors and. Mm-hmm. Everything they were doing was working. They were, they would get aggressive or you know try to steal second. Then it's an error, and then you end up getting a run. We had the you know fly ball, throw them out at the plate, double play that ended a chance to mm-hmm. to get runs. Had bases loaded, nobody out, didn't get any runs, and then their pitcher like just retires ten or eleven straight. Mm-hmm. So it was like, are we ever gonna get it going? And so when you're in that situation, how do you? Just keep fighting because you eventually bust it out and get seven runs and beat them. But for those first few innings where like nothing was going right, how does what's the mindset to keep keep fighting and playing? You know, it's just that's baseball. That's you got to play all nine, just like every other sport. You got to play to the final minute. So for us, it was like we know what we can do on offense in terms of you know we're not hitting like we want to. We know how to score. So whether it's HPPs and then stolen bases or walks and stolen bases or just forcing the defense <laughs> to make a play. You know, that's what we knew it was going to happen eventually. We just had to keep fighting. And, you know, on, on, the, on the defensive side, a guy makes an error, it, it happens. That's, that's baseball. Just like you miss tackles or you miss a shot. Like, you just got to keep going. And credit to Moorhead, they did a good job. Like, our third baseman was struggling. They they throw a bun down trying to make him to mess up another play. And yeah, we just had to keep figuring out ways to play around it and, we got a new guy in there, and he was able to execute. And you know, the other third baseman will get a chance again soon. It's just that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Did, since it's so early in the season, did, was that something where you you know what you have, but yet you haven't seen it in game situations where you're like, okay, we can really get a good <laughs> look at some adversity against a you know underdog. Is that something to build on going forward? Or am I reading too much into that? It's such a long season. You know? you know, for the for the coaching staff, it's a good thing to see. But for the players, they're just like, oh, we had it the whole time. And that, you know, that, that's how you want them to be. You definitely want them to be confident and, and know they had it the whole time. But for the coaching staff, it's definitely a, a thought where you're like, okay, I'm glad to see our guys, you know, struggled and, and still figured out a chance to win. 
you know, we're, we're able to look back at these games and say, we had a chance here to blow it open. I had a chance here. We may have gotten lucky here, but we executed and, you know, structure, you know, practice around that in terms of challenging them in different areas. Like, uh, you know, in practice, we can roll ground balls to third base and on the clock and put them on a team challenge. We start every practice off with a team challenge. That could be a team challenge for us so that uh, the pressure is there and, and see how the guys respond. So, Yeah, man, be, just being a, 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 a former quarterback and whatnot, I, I always wonder how at this level, how do you all deal with, you know, pitchers' arms as far as the amount that they're throwing every week. Um, what's that like in a normal, just an average week during the season? You know, um, what's that like for a pitcher? Is he is he throwing every day? Throwing bullpens every day? Is he is he taking two days off in a week? Is it just by you know? Is it is it kind of based on that person specifically? How, how do y'all handle that? Yeah, it's it's yes to everything. <laughs> because you know they all got different roles so uh our relievers it's you know they're throwing one day and then they may pitch one day and the next day they take completely off no throws and then they could be back on the mound the day after that for our starters it's much more regimented it's they got a start day the next day they run and they play like catch and then it's a <clears throat> then it's a day off and then long toss and then bullpen then day off and then light catch and then pitch again coach Rosell does a great job of, of stretching all that for the guys and and then our players have a little bit of wiggle room within that to say, like, hey, you know, my arm's hanging a little bit. I, I don't want to really throw a bullpen today, so they'll just play catch instead. Or, you know, hey, I'd rather play catch this day and take the next day off. So they, they have the ability to go in there and say, I'd, I'd like to structure it this way. But he puts together a really good plan for him, and, and our guys have responded well. And, and on top of that, we have this great <laughs> – we have more great technology called the Arm Care app, and they do this <laughs> shoulder testing every week. And we get scores based off of that, and we can read them as the season goes. So, you know, if a guy's score continually is down, we can give him a week off or we can, you know, take off on their throwing to help them respond better. I know they started using it for like five or six guys last week, and, and that's how Darren Williams was able to really finish strong down the stretch because they kind of lightened up several of his, his outings weeks before, you know, the SEC tournament and the regional, and he was able to finish really strong. So it's been good. Cool. Ooh, yeah, I just always wondered that. And even <laughs> even to take a step further, like when it comes to, you know, arm care, you know, in the weight room or with the trainers or whatnot, you know, I get I'm sure this is specific to every person as well, but just generally or you can go about how you kind of handled it when you were playing. Like what yeah, what was your routine when it comes to band work and you know, uh, you know, cupping or or just getting stretched or getting massaged, like how did you all, uh, you know, what was your method to take care of your own and make sure you feel the best every time you get out? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's definitely different for everyone. But, you know, in my personal opinion, this is like the lame, not college answer, but it is like the best two things for your recovery is sleep and water. And as we both know, <laughs> for college athletes, you know, at times they're not going to want to sleep because it's video games or anything else. And with water, it's like that's the lame thing. They want to drink anything else but water, whether it's <laughs> – you know, energy drinks or anything else. It's like, stay on top of it. But, you know, our guys are doing uh, bands every day. We're doing a lot of weighted ball stuff. What it's what we've come to find out is, you know, through a lot of different research in baseball is like five ounces is not the be all end all. So throwing heavier implements and lighter implements really helps the arm be strong. 
So we have our guys do that a lot. We have a lot of uh, reverse throws. We do a lot of back exercises to help protect the, um, the D cell muscles yeah. because your arm's only going to be able to go as fast forward as it can slow down. So hmm. we have a lot of, you know, it's evolved over time. I remember when I was in high school, it was just J bands. When I got into college, it was just J bands. And then it was like the year after I graduated, like 2016, next thing you know, everybody's throwing weighted balls like crazy. And I was like, I got to learn this as quick as possible. And now like every, it seems like everybody on the staff is doing some kind of way to ball. And then it's, it's not like we require it. It's just it's what they've grown up doing at this point. So yeah. we've got to stay on top of them, make sure their mechanics are right. Because I mean, you know, like if you picked up a heavier football and you're throwing it different than you would throw a normal football, like it's either going to create bad habits or it's going to create stress on your, on your arm that you don't need. Right. So we just try to stay on top of it as much as possible. We actually have, we have a choice day every week and a lot of our guys actually choose to throw the football, which is, it's funny. You'll start seeing routes every once in a while and stuff. So yeah, man, it's crazy. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was just, uh, the other day I saw a kid who was at the field. He big kid, you know, I could tell that he was either quarterback or a pitcher and he was throwing the hell out of a football. And I asked him, I was like, where do you play quarterback? And his dad was like, Oh yeah, he pitches. And he told me he that pitch some high school kid. <laughs> Uh, and he was throwing football better than, you know, 99.9% of the high school kids I've ever seen. So, yep. um, and, it, you know, he was breaking down to me like, you know, and I see a lot of those guys at the field. And even some of the outfielder guys, you know, they like to toss around the football. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I stopped playing baseball in ninth grade. So, back then, this is, I mean, this is 2008 or whatnot. So, yeah, uh, we weren't doing any of that stuff. You know, we had a coach who was kind of, you know, into the, the band work and whatnot. And, you know, we were hitting, you know, basketballs. It was just trying to develop power as a young kid. But, you know, we weren't, you know, it wasn't that deep. And I, I've been out of the baseball thing for so long. I always was, you know, just curious, man, like how how do those guys take care of it? Because there's, you know, obviously the season's long. You're playing a lot of games. And, uh, you know, I've been in times in football season where my arm felt like it was about to fall off. Uh, so I could only imagine, you know, <laughs> a pitcher you know at that level so just curious yeah it's and the weight of all stuff's crazy because like of course i follow the accounts that make them and they'll start tweeting out when the nfl guys have their weight of balls on the sideline getting them loose and stuff like they'll show patrick mahomes you know yep. they'll show uh bryce young using bryce it young, yep. and i'm like this is crazy how it, it translates but you know anything to protect the arm and people are going to give it a shot so it's pretty cool yeah man yeah absolutely um I had a thought too. Um, I'll come back to it, but oh, you being you know kind of Jalen's age, y'all about the same age, a little bit, you know, nil is a little bit after y'all. You know, it's you guys are done by the time it comes around. So, you know, indulge me, coach. If if you know you were. You know, doing NIL. I just had a couple hit me, but, but your last name being Fitz. I'm like, because you, <laughs> we can have, you know, Fitz, Fitz, Trevor's Fitz. <laughs> away, away from the diamond, what what kind of, if you had a clothing line, what kind of, what kind of fashion would you have, you know, with the Trevor so, Fitz NIL line? I've thought about this. My NIL <laughs> stuff would have been about my beard. Mm. Okay. So when I got to Mississippi State, it was Yankee style. It's, it's mustaches only. It's no facial hair. It's, you know, clean cut. And then uh, Coach Cohen's rule was if you want something changed, you have to bring it to forth for a PowerPoint. And I was like, well, I was going to do it as the Christmas gag gift exchange and do it in front of the whole team and surprise them. 
And Coach Minge found out, and he's like, hey, don't do it that way. Don't surprise him. So then I do it for real. I go in there and I do it, and um, I make this whole PowerPoint. You can find it if you Google Trevor Fitz PowerPoint. But basically it's like, why will having beards take Mississippi State to the College World Series? And I, like, Photoshopped beards onto the coaches and all kinds of, like, funny stuff. And so Cohen comes back, and he's like, all right, y'all can have beards as long as you win the weekend. So then I became, like, some beard guy out of nowhere. And um, we went to the College World Series. We played for the National Championship. And so, like, my NIL stuff would have been all about the beards. Like, we get to Omaha, and my NIL, my name, image, and likeness is basically literally being ripped because people are doing shirts with beards and, like, Mississippi State beard, and it's like, it's not my face, but it's like, ah, it's Mississippi State hat with the beard, and that's kind of my thing at the moment. Like, they're ripping it, and good for them, you know, make all the money you can. <laughs> but now that we have NIL stuff, I'm like, I could have definitely had, like, some beard oil going or at least yeah. some shirts. Exactly. <laughs> man, and you, I mean, I have to Google that PowerPoint when I get done now, man. I gotta <laughs> it's it's the most basic PowerPoint of all time, but <laughs> – you know, when, when your team does what it's what what we could have done and you have a PowerPoint like that, it all goes crazy. So So y'all got Kennesaw State coming up next. What what are y'all expecting from them based off of you know the research and looking into them and what kind of squad they got? What what kind of game we expecting from them? Well, you know, not a lot of people outside of the program understand our schedule at times, but you know, Coach Minge and, and Brock did a lot of research and tried to figure out why we were missing regionals when we had good years. Like, what's what's the deal? And it was all about this RPI. So they they made this schedule based off of it, and that's why we started off at UC, USC Upstate. That's why we went to Carbach. That's why we've got all these, like, different midweeks that you're like, it doesn't really make sense. Why are we playing on the road so much? We're an SEC school. We should have more people in town. But, I mean, just simply put, the wins – mean more on the road they're worth more points at the end of it so we have to play these good teams so our players are starting to understand like there's not there's no cupcakes on the schedule there's a lot of good teams that we're going to play and we're going to we're going to do our best to win and that's going to put us in a better position at the end to make a regional so you know when you look at whoever it is on the schedule whether it's Kennesaw State whether it's Lipscomb or EKU these are schools that have had a lot of success in the last five years so in theory, they're going to have success again this year. So our guys know who better show up ready to play. So you know that's that's kind of what goes into it. You know we'll we'll start doing our scouting reports and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we know this is a very successful program, and so we better bring our A game to to be ready for them. Makes sense. So you know we talked at the beginning. You know all the Kentucky teams that hadn't made back to back regionals, and you you're well aware of the history of the program. So why is Kentucky in a position to kind of change that this year? You know, based on going to a regional last year, why are they poised to now back to back and kind of keep it rolling uh, this time around? You know, I, I think it's I think it's a lot of different things. I think it's the the way that our, our roster's built. We've done a really good job of mixing freshmen and transfer portal guys, and in this day and age, you can't you can't live on too far of either side. You can't go only freshman route. You can't only go portal route, in my opinion. And I feel like we've done a good job mixing. And I think it also has a lot to do, again, just going back to it with our schedule structure, you know, making sure we're playing those good teams that are going to take us there. And then I think it's our players. You know, they're, they understand what it takes to get there. They understand every step it takes. And, you know, it's not taking anything for granted. And 
it's just getting after it on a daily basis. I think that our, our coaches have done a good job instilling that. And, you know, Salo and Kuzi were played in an era where they should have they should have made some back about regionals. When you look at their schedules, you look at their records and their SEC records, it's like, man, they they really got the short end of the stick and they can they speak on that all the time. They talk about how important those midweek wins are because when they were in school, you know, they kind of took it for granted or they didn't take it as seriously as they should because they just thought they could show up and beat them. And they probably should have. But, you know, that's how that's how you get beat when you show up and you're not completely 100% in the game. So I think we've just got a lot of experience of, you know, Ryan Hagenow and Devin Burks. You know, they've been on those teams that struggled, and they've been on the team that went to a Super Regional, and they don't want to go back and struggle. You know, being that Super Regional team is a lot mm-hmm. more fun than being the team that misses the Regional. So, you know, we've, we've just got that good mix of, of guys who know what it's like, and we've got a lot of guys from the transfer portal that are, consistent regional guys like Don Nyman from Central Connecticut State went to a regional two or three years in a row. Uh, Cam O'Brien went to two or three regionals with Campbell. So we've got a lot of guys who have that experience and, and we got guys that they, they want more. They want more of that experience. So I think it's a good mix of a lot of different things that are going to help propel us to continue to have success. Who was your favorite player or players growing up in Birmingham? When you, when you... <laughs> Birmingham's that crazy area for baseball. Well, really for all professional sports, because like we could pick whoever we wanted. You know, I didn't want to be a Braves fan because everybody's a Braves fan, and that was lame to me. But uh, my 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 favorite pitcher was Nolan Ryan, and then, okay. like I loved Barry Bonds, and I still do. I I'm like Barry Lamar Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Maybe a hot take, but it's like there's we already know there's there's other people in the hall of fame that have taken steroids, whether admitted or not. So it's like, just let, let Barry, let Roger, let Palmera, let these guys in. Cause <laughs> when they were taking it, it wasn't illegal. Like it, it may be frowned upon now, but it wasn't illegal at the time. Like let's just let him in. But so, yeah, I love Nolan Ryan just for, you know, he, he buzzes the tower on the guy and then beats him up when he charges the mound and striking everybody out. <laughs> and then Barry, cause like, what are you going to do? Not, I mean, he's like most intentionally walked player of all time. I mean, he was an incredible hitter. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to steal your question, Jalen, when Coach Lawson was on here, you know, with the schedule and, you know, they play 50-some-odd games just like you guys do. What – how do you kind of – you, Jalen, you asked Coach Lawson, how do you all find balance when – you know, you got to grind, you got to grind, but how do you find balance on the off day or on a road trip and, and all that to kind of just mix in some – some lightheartedness or some little yep. fun or whatever. How do y'all, how do y'all approach it? Yeah. I, I think our guys ultimately do a great job of it. We don't have to worry about it too much because they understand like in those times in the stretch line, like you can be serious, but you can kind of joke around and our guys, they love it. I mean, I remember in the fall, we're a little bit different in the fall. We practice in the mornings kind of spring training style. And I, <laughs> I'd go in the locker room at like one, you know, we're three hours post-practice, and I'm like, what are y'all still doing here? And he's like, what else are we going to do? We're hanging out. And I'm like, let's go. That's awesome. So I, I think it's a lot to do with, like, just our guys want to be around each, each other. And, you know, when you're doing stuff you love, you don't have to worry about making it fun too much just because it already is. And our guys will clown on each other whenever they can. So we're doing a drill, and somebody messes up, you know. There's a serious moment of getting it right, but then after they come off the field, everybody starts cracking on them. Cracking on them. So it, st- it stays plenty fun. But uh, you know the 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 key is to find ways to to make sure we're not we're not getting too much out of them because you know 
it's not like football and basketball in terms of the physicality or the running up and down the field, but you know, our guys are still on their feet for three plus hours on game day. And, and that'll zap you regardless of if you're on the field or not. Like I remember the first week and I was like, my back is, is killing me. And I'm literally standing in the dugout. So, mm. <laughs> so it's just one of those things of trying to find ways to either get them off their feet or make sure they're not, you know, standing around too much, but not taking out too much of them when they're moving around. That old that old Mickey Mantle line. This ain't football. We do this every day. You know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No disrespect, Jalen. We know. You know, no disrespect. But... Hey man, here's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I always, even as a kid, man, growing up playing baseball, I was like, man, this is this is more physically taxing than it seems. Like, yep. You know, especially when you you know growing up as a kid, you playing that whether it's in 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 April in Alabama or May. Uh, we wouldn't play too much in May, but April, that's just travel ball, but or uh, all stars. Yeah. But you, you know, you have to play, you know, three games in one day. And, and you know, even as an eighth grader, you're like, man, this is, you know, I play football, play basketball. You're like, this shouldn't, I shouldn't be this tired, man. I, <laughs> you know, I mean, true, truthfully, how many, how many ground balls are you really getting in sixth or seventh grade? You know, and, you know, you you like after the end of the day, you play a couple of games, you, you like feel your legs kind of tired mm-hmm. at, at one point. So um, I know how it is. I mean, people say the same thing about golf. Golf is exhausting. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you you may swing a golf club, you know, 30 times in a day, maybe. Uh, but you're exhausted at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just a lot of walking and standing on your feet. So um, I get it, man. You know, I, I, I trust me. I know. <laughs> Last thing, Coach, man, but you go um, – you can go as a player, as a coach, wherever you want to take it, but the the greatest play you've seen that happened for you of your team and the greatest play that tip your cap, <laughs> that went against you, that someone has yeah. made you know, for the other side. The first one that comes to my head of when I was playing was uh, we were in the regional in 13. I was Mississippi State, and um, – you know, and, and I don't know, I'm sure it is in every other sport, but in baseball, we practice these plays all the time that you think are never going to show up. You know, you've got like five fun defenses and you're like, oh, come on, we're going to run the, We're going to run regular every time. Well, we're in the regional and Cohen puts on a, um, a crash play. So the pitcher comes set first and third crash. They leave early pitcher throws a strike. Our first baseman fields the ball, throws it to third where our shortstop is standing who catches the ball, throws it across the infield to first for a double play in the regional. And, like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal because we practice it every day. Like, oh, it's great. When I leave, I go to South Alabama that t- a couple seasons later, and our pitching coach was like, that double play in the regional was the best play I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, wow. I mean, we practice it all the time. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it was kind of an average play. But, like, looking back at the situation and everything, like, I mean, we just went out there and executed. But, like, it was one of those places like, wow, that – it really did, it changed the game, you know. It, it ruined everything on their side. It was a double play ending and all that. And then on the other side of it, uh, Cohen was calling hit and runs with runners on first and second. And back to back weeks, we hit a line drive and they turned triple plays on us back to back weeks. <laughs> and that's like, I mean, it, it didn't change the season, but it was one of those ones where it's like, dang, you don't see triple play very often. We just hit into two in back to back weeks. Yeah, so. yeah, two. Deflating, man. I guess <laughs> it, knows is. That. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, man, we looking forward to the rest of the season. You know, uh, the 
the resume building portion. And then when you step on into SEC play, where it's yep. you know, every weekend, it's a grind. So looking forward to it. Got to get up to Kentucky Proud Park and see y'all. And uh, appreciate you giving us some insight uh, as you know your plan days, the ter- current team now, and mm-hmm. the way you guys are approaching the season and you know looking to stack some regionals back-to-back. So, man, thank you so much for, for hopping on with us, Trevor. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yes, you, man. Anyway. Yeah, you. man. And appreciate that Alabama talk, too, man. Glad y'all <laughs> got that in. That's right. Gotta get it in. <laughs> Gotta get it. <laughs> Gotta get it. Hey, well, yeah, I, I, one day I'm going to come up, man. Hopefully get a chance to chop it up with you. Come to a game come or on. something. Come on. Get mm-hmm. out there and throw the football with us. Hey, man, I would love to do that. <laughs> love to do that. Come on up to Lex, Jay. We've been talking, you know. We, we, yeah, we, you know, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Let's go. Yeah. That's it, man. Thank you so much, Coach, man. we have to get you back on again sometime when you got the time, man. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. Thanks again to Kentucky Director of Player Development, Trevor Fitz. Be sure to get out to Kentucky Proud Park and check the Cats out this year. They got another good squad and have another good season. Looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Be sure to also check out the Autograph app been talking about that for several episodes and get rewarded for listening to this podcast the autograph phantom map gives you access to all your favorite kentucky content in one place and offers rewards like tickets exclusive merchandise and more you're already listening to our show but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it head over to the apple app store and search for autograph phantom rewarded and download it for free today using the referral code Believe Kentucky, B-L-E-A-V Kentucky. The link in the code or also in the podcast description. Thanks for listening to this episode of Believe in Kentucky on the Believe Podcast Network. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube